Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everyone. It's On The Line. It's Tuesday, July 19th, and I'm Corey Mall here with Olivia Ekpone and Ashley Titians in the studio here in Austin, Texas. Today's show, we're jumping right into the AU Junior Olympics with conversations surrounding the latest iteration of the Youth Championships. Uh, this year, we're heading to Greensboro, North Carolina to cover 10 days of top-end track action at North Carolina a uh, but also on the show, we're going to chat with Kayla Garrett, a World U20 qualifier, fantastic athlete out of Charlotte. Uh, and we're also going to get into the World U20 Championships, which is uh, going to commence in Cali, Colombia in August. Uh, but first, uh, we got to start with the, the World Championships, which is ongoing right now in Eugene, Oregon. And uh, some, some craziness happened yesterday, Olivia. Well, why don't you break this down and what are your thoughts on it? Let's break it down because it was quite interesting to say the least. Uh, from what we're kind of gathering right now, apparently there was a cameraman lined apparently, up. Apparently there was. Probably sh- <laughs> there was. He was shooting another event, and I guess he didn't realize that the steeplechase was going on. And I and I think we have a, a graphic real quick, but it was just him with this camera, and then all of a sudden the athletes are coming around. He's still there, and he's just standing right there, and the athletes just kind of – went around him essentially which was insane to even think about i'm honestly i applaud him because if i was him Corey and ashley i probably would have panicked and there would have been a whole catastrophe from lane number one we need cleanup in lane number one so the fact that that actually happened was insane absolutely I'm more, insane i'm more surprised that the the athletes actually kind of parted ways you yeah. know to actually yeah. like because I mean, I probably would have trucked him. I probably, you know, he's not supposed to be there. You know, I'm, I'm trying to run my race here at Worlds. I'm going to go right through him. So they were, they were really as respectful, you know, even though he wasn't really respecting them. You got some football roots in you, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so this was the steeplechase, uh, and it was a, he- I think it was heats, or not? It wasn't a final, right? It was heats still. No, Wait, no I don't I think, think it was finals. Was finals. It, it was finals. That's right. Okay, oh, but. Evan Jager was quoted afterward and saying he was he was most worried about the cameraman moving and because like there you know the 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 bigger storyline would have been if if the cameraman took out four athletes and then they are denied a chance to get medals but like he was so unaware of his surroundings he was so locked into the long jump or triple jump whatever he's shooting that he literally did not move a single frame. Uh, when those guys um, passed him. So 
that was crazy. And then uh, the day before, Devin Allen too. The the false start, which may or may not have been the false start. Olivia, I I, I do want to hear your your expert expert analysis on this too. And that's the the cameraman shot from yesterday. Credit to the uh, the Sun uh, U.S. version on the photo there. But uh, Olivia on Devin Allen yesterday. What are your thoughts on, on that? I know we're seeing it all over social media. It just has escalated. A lot of people are like, you know, we heard um, Fan Boulay uh, talk about how he was like, I really don't think Devin Allen falls started. Even by looking at it, you're like, wait, I don't see it. But again, the the technology goes, you know, deeper, deeper into it. And it, I think it was off by what, a thousandth of a second. Yes, and, yeah. you know, it's it's very difficult because I remember competing at Worlds and we had, that's when the the block starts started to have the, the that technology where it felt you like if even if you moved off the pedal it's going to trigger the system so i just remember competing at the world championships and they were like make sure your spikes are on the blocks and even if that means you you're you know you're stalling in the blocks a little bit longer than normal then then do so but i really feel for devin allen and i like i said i know just looking at it, it does not look like he fall started at all and i Oh, it just breaks my heart to just see that happen, especially at the World Championships. That's that's a hard pill to swallow there. Yeah. Anything else, Ashley, on that? I mean, I don't. I just think, especially at the World Stage, it's just it's not good for the sport when you see something like that. It's unfortunate. I mean, it's such a small little technicality that just I don't think it, there's got to be some room for improvement in this. And I think it's it's time to you know. Take a a look at the rules. I can't speak Yeah, a a bunch of athletes online were saying, well, why couldn't you have run uh, on appeal? Back in the day, you used to be able to run on appeal. uh, But basically the ruling now is if it's it's due to an electronic, you know, timed um, effort, then that's an automatic DQ. If it's a computer-based decision, that's automatic. There's no appeal. You're done. Uh, a lot of people were talking about, well, maybe the maybe the, the, the technology was wrong because a lot of – somebody put yeah. a, a stat out there on Twitter that said the amount of people who were faster than 0.1 reaction time before this year was, like, negligible, like three at most. This year alone, 22 people. So I don't know if there's something with the technology or what, but it, there definitely needs to be a conversation happening with – at the larger governing body on, on what to do after this. But uh, Olivia, take it away. We have the, the guest today, and I'm really excited to talk to Akela. Yes, Akela Garrett is joining us on the line today as our special guest. She is a rising high school senior from Charlotte Harding University who's headed to her first World U-20 Championships in August. This year's competition will be in Cali, Colombia, and Akela is set up to compete in the 400-meter hurdles. This year, Akela was absolutely on a roll when it comes to the hurdles across the U.S., capturing win-legal U.S. number one marks in the 100-meter hurdles, the 300-meter hurdles, and the 400-meter hurdles. So, Akela, thank you so much for being with us today. Of course. I'm excited. So, Akela, U.S. number one, as I mentioned, in three hurdle events. I have to know, what does it take to be the most dominant female hurdler in the country? How do you do it? My mom, my coach, <laughs> she'll put it in me. It, it, that's what it takes. It takes the, the practice, the hard work, all the, the – she she puts a lot of determination in me because there's been moments where, you know, you feel like giving up, but she will never let me go to that level. And it that's that's what it takes to be where I'm at right now. 
Mm-hmm. It takes a very strong person to do that because, you mm. know, just thinking about the short distance of the 100 meter hurdles to have the strength for the 400 meter hurdles, it takes a certain kind of athlete to do that. Now, yeah. you clocked a 57.47 in the 400 meter hurdles at the USA Track and Field U20 Championships for a new personal best. So, congratulations to you with that. Thank what you. What was that experience like for you? How are you going to carry that momentum to the World U20 Championships later this year? Um, honestly, the feeling was amazing. It took me a while to soak it all in um, because, you know, when you're when you're doing things like that, not that not that I've nah, I'm not even going to say that it was it was an amazing feeling. And I took it all in by when I crossed the line, I went to my mom and I started crying and we both cried together and I just held my medal. I didn't take it off all day. I'm taking that into world as motivation because I'm the youngest to compete I believe out there and that is no excuse for anything and I'm gonna go up there and compete and do what I do best and put my all out there on the line sounds like such a fun fun moment for you Kayla and kind of like what Olivia was mentioning earlier I mean you have dominated in both the short and the long sprint events and so even though they're both hurdle events they require you know pretty unique specific skill sets for each of those different events there so to be so good in both of those is truly remarkable what do you think has been the key to your success in each of those events individually and what kind of sets you apart as a hurdle talent in those respects honestly uh when I was younger I started off with like the 400 200 100 and I was like in those solid events and then when I got to 11 years old I started with the hurdles and then once my mom took over, she was like, girl, you can do both. Like, let's let's go ahead and just let's do both. You're good at it. I don't want you to think that you're just like a long hurdler. You can you can sprint, too, because for a while I didn't think that I was a sprinter. But I'm like, I'm kind of I'm kind of good at this. This is this is fun. So it, my mom plays a big role in my career, honestly. Yes, that's awesome. And like what you mentioned, too, you started off track pretty young as well. So you've been with the sport for a really long time. I mean, you've competed at the AAU Junior Olympic Games, USATF, all the summer track. How has being in the sport for such a long time kind of helped you create this passion for the sport and, you know, helped motivate you going forward? Well, I tell the story all the time. So it's like, I believe I was in the nine, 10 year old division and there was regionals and I missed the junior Olympics by one spot. And that like broke my entire heart. And I was like, this is so sad. I was crying and I had a conversation with my mom. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like this no more. Let's, I want to make the, I want to make the junior Olympics next year. So we worked hard. And ever since then, I never missed another junior Olympics. And then, then comes the state championships, high school Then we got nationals. So it's just like, the the feeling of making it every year and then now getting up to the point of being on the podium every time and not missing it it's it's it has a special place in my heart and I don't want to ever stop doing it it almost sounds like that that prepared you for where you're at today I mean you know yeah. we, we talked about this before AU is basically going to take place right after the world championships you know concurrently in the world U20s how much did AU your experience in AU maybe prepare you to, to get in that position, to do well, to qualify? And, and do you think any of that experience has let, like, led you to be in this position? I mean, of course. Like, I, it gives me 
room to try different things in my races so I can know how to conduct myself during races and how to run things, you know what I mean? So it, it definitely played a big role. And it's like I get to spend time with my team before I go. And that played a big role, having a team around me. So it's, it's all fun for me. Yeah. So that 5746 currently, based on the world at like site, uh, number one in the world for U18, number two yes. for U20s. You obviously have an opportunity there to go and potentially win, you know, a, a medal. Realistically, you know, you could win whatever. It, a big performance could yield you a good return. Um, so best of luck there. Uh, I'm curious, have you been watching the, the world championships, the senior level? I mean, and what are some of your thoughts so far from that? Of course, I've been watching today. I'm excited to see Sydney run, of course. Like, I, I'm excited. And everybody else that's running. Um, like y'all were talking about the Devin Allen situation, that broke my whole heart. I was so sick. I was so sick. It was it was sad. Everything, everything is, I like watching the seniors compete because I remember when we were at the qualifiers, when we were allowed to be around them, they never made us feel like we were below them. We felt like we belonged there. So as I've been watching, it's been pretty fun. Awesome. So, you know, World U20s is sort of a preamble to the World Championships. It's a stepping stone to one day potentially getting to that that level. Um, and, and it's an opportunity that, you know, you're able to compete against your peers across the world. How do you want to maybe take in this experience? Like, what will be your personal goal or what kind of lesson would you want to bring away from this experience in Colombia? Um. Of course, I'm going to go for the win. That's we're all going for the win. That's that's like that's the main thing. But my thing is to make that podium represent the U.S. and put my all out there and whatever my all is and whatever that's going to put out there. I know that things are meant to happen. So whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen for me. And I, I'm just taking it in gonna give my all and like I said I'm the youngest of but that's never an excuse like that's that will never be an excuse for me I'm gonna go compete against these girls and whoever's gonna win that's who's gonna win but I'm going for the win <laughs> so you know what I mean like yeah. Heck yeah. I love that Akela. I have to ask you I I admire your perseverance and you just sharing that story about you just missing AAU and now all of a sudden you're going to world U20s U.S. number one in all the hurdle events. You have an opportunity to be on this podium and bring home a gold medal. What would your younger self think or say about you right now? Would that younger self be proud of you at this moment? She would definitely be proud because if I look back at who I was and I were to tell her, we're going to U20s, girl. She would be like, you're lying. Like, you are, you're telling a lie right now. So I... I, like I said, I had moments where I wanted to quit. I didn't want to do it anymore because I'm like, I don't know what to do, how to be good enough. But my mom helped my mindset. My support system helped my mindset to mold me into who I am and to believe in myself no matter what the circumstances are. Mm -hmm. And Akela, we have the honor because we still have another year with you. You are a rising yes. senior. So before we know it, it's going to be the next chapter of your life. What are some of those things that you're looking forward to accomplish your senior year? Um, I hope to break some records because this year I didn't exactly do that, which is which is fine. But hopefully this year those records will be shattered and I want my name to be up there. Uh, goals are to excel in my academics and my athletics because student athlete, as always, 
But I'm just excited for my rising year so then I can go off and sail and go to Texas. <laughs> That's right. That was actually my next question for you. So what makes you want to come to the great state of Texas here in Austin at UT? First of all, it's it's awesome out there. When I went on my visit, it was so fun. Everything in Texas is just big. Second, the coaches, the school, the team is awesome. Even though when I went on my visit, I didn't exactly get to meet the whole team because, you know, COVID, blah, 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 blah. But I'm probably going to go back, see a couple more people so I can get a feel for the team and, and stuff. But the coaches definitely left an impact on me and my family. They're genuine. And I just knew from the first home visit that that was where I wanted to go. Like, I knew in my heart that that's, you know, that that's where I wanted to go. I knew that was home for me. Yeah, Mike Myers is a great stadium, too. You got the Moody Center right next to mm -hmm. it. I mean, a lot of great stuff happening in Texas. All right, one non-track-related question before we leave here. Um, what's one skill that you have that not many people know about? <laughs> well... A lot of people don't know, but I I like to sing. <laughs> okay, all right, that's awesome. Yeah, it, <laughs> I sing pretty often. What what like uh, Mariah Carey style or like what what kind of like songs? I have some on my Instagram, but I'm kind of like a a mid tone girl. I can go high, okay. but um, I'm kind of a, a mid tone girl. Okay, cool. That's awesome. That is very, very cool. Okay, maybe someday we'll maybe you'll be a singer. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to be studying, but I cool. might put out a couple of tracks. You might hear me sing the national anthem. I like the Olympics or the world singers. You know. Okay. All right. All right. That's <laughs> fantastic. I love that. Mm -hmm, me too. Kayla, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to step on here for uh, on the line. We really appreciate it. Best of, of luck course. in Colombia, and uh, we hope you get that medal that you've been searching for. So thank you. Thank you. All right, wonderful interview with the Charlotte, North Carolina native, um, and a lot of great stuff's going to happen at World U20 Championships beginning August 1st in Colombia. Uh, I like I like Colombia. I like to, you know, dance a little bit, Colombia. You know, salsa, salsa. <laughs> what was uh, that? I don't know. I'm just, you know, getting in my feelings a little bit. All right. Uh, after the uh, U.S. contingent opted not to go to world championships uh, back in 2021 in, in Nairobi, they're back. And um, they're going to get, you know, a lot of great performances there. A lot of them are in contention for medals. Um, let's all take our picks as to the top Americans to watch and the top events to watch. What are we looking forward to? Olivia, I'll start with you first. Well, I must say for this top event, it includes two of the fastest girls we have seen so far in this 800 meters, Juliet Whitaker and Roisin Willis. I'm very excited for this race. And I must say, I've just over the last few weeks, I've had many opportunities to just have conversations with Juliet and she's very modest and very humble. She's like, I feel like I've, you know, getting the national record is awesome. Just being able to represent the U S is very, very amazing in itself. She's like, I, if I get on the podium, this is going to be fantastic. But let's be honest. If, if we look at the numbers, one fifty nine Oh four for Juliet, what occurred two flat point zero three for Roisin Willis, this is an opportunity for us to see us go one, two in this event. And I think it's very, very possible to, to see that happen. And 
It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. And Juliet and Roisin are both going to be heading off to Stanford, and they have the most amazing relationship. They're one of the closest friends. Um, and, of course, that Stanford uh, class that we're seeing, they're all very, very close. So the fact that they're able to compete together, they're just looking forward to it. But honestly, if you were to ask me, I could see these girls going one, two in the 800 meters. Corey, Ashley, I'm curious on your thoughts about that. Like, what are your thoughts on this 800 meters at the World U20 Championships? I mean, I guess we'll see how fast they can push each other, to be honest. I mean, when you have them both in a race, they're always going to push each other. And like you said, they're good friends. And I think just that friendly competition is always going to make for a really impressive race from them. Yeah, currently looking at the, the World U20 rankings, Juliet's one, Roisin's two. Uh, Goryaran is actually four. So three of the top four spots in the U20 classification right now in the world are all Americans. Um you know, I, I, I do agree with you. I think that's very much a likelihood that we could see a one-two finish. Um, Audrey Wero of, of Switzerland has run two flat, 0.28. Um, uh, Veronica Sadek of, of Slovenia, 201.52. I mean, I think, you know, if they go in with, with their minds sort of calm and poised, I think they have a really great opportunity here. Mm -hmm. Now, that was my top event. Now, for the individuals... I'm looking forward to seeing Shanti Jackson. Of course, we we saw her over the course of the indoor and outdoor season, indoor and outdoor season, 60 meter national record holder there. She actually just ran 11.28 this past weekend at the AAU Club Championship. So she is very sharp and ready to go. However, I must say, Mia Brock Pedersen, y'all, I'm official like I'm officially a huge fan. This is the reason why. She is a rising junior and she has just done extraordinary things this season. U.S. number one in the 100 with 11.25, but when we look at the trial, she finished second to Shanti. So here's an opportunity for her to kind of redeem herself, and I feel like every time that she steps on this track and has competition, we Corey and I have seen her compete against Autumn Wilson a handful of times. She has rose to the occasion. We're going to see something amazing from Mia. She also grabbed the victory in the 200 meters at the trials with a 22.98 as a sophomore, y'all. Like, the future is so bright for Oregon's Mia Brock Pedersen. I think she's just going to do great things. It's going to be super exciting to see what both Shanti and Mia do in those sprints. Quick follow-up question for the both of you. Uh, Shanti ran 11.07 when dated against Mia at U.S. Outdoors. Does she have a shot here to go under 11 at Worlds? The national record, 10.94, Brianna Williams uh, back in 2019. Candace held 10.98, only two girls ever to go under 11 seconds. Can Shanti do it? Uh, can Mia do it, actually, as well uh, at Worlds? They certainly seem fit enough to, to do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree. Ashley kind of just took it right out of my mouth. I think they're very fit. And I just know with Shanti, I know she's still putting in the work. Brashawn has been letting me know they're still putting in the work right now. I definitely know Mia's putting in the work as well. You're going to the World U20s. You better be putting in some work leading up to this, you know? But if you were to ask me, I'm going to say yes. I am all for records coming down. I'm all for breaking barriers. I say, why not? Let's just go for it. I feel like it's the perfect atmosphere to do that. And we have the top athletes in the U.S. going and representing the U.S. in Colombia. So I vote yes. Corey, I'm going to throw that question back to you. What are your thoughts on that? I, I do I do think she's perfect position uh, form-wise right, at the end of the season. this is She had a little bit of a break because of that, that small injury, which may have helped her in some ways because she, she took a lot, of, a lot of things off of her, comes back fresh, not a lot of races. Um, 
I think there's a strong opportunity for her to to really put some work in. I mean, if she goes to under 11-10 win legal, I think that's a huge success. But I, she's, you know, she's got the talent to go under 11. I think it takes the right day. Um, I hope it happens. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. I hope it happens. All right, Ashley, let's go to you. What are your thoughts here? All right, I'm going to go with a sleeper pick here that when you look back at the U.S. qualifiers here for the World U-20s, these two guys in the boys' 400-meter hurdles, you have Cody Blackwood and Jan Vasquez. They both had insane races in the 400 hurdles at USA's. They ran US number, two, US number one and number two times there to both qualify for Worlds, and they were both huge PRs for the two. Um, and so I think that they are people that you could go in and say, you know, hey, they're going to go out there and put it on the line. They both ran those top times just weeks ago. And they're both seniors, too, in their last competitions before they head off to the collegiate level. You have Blackwood going to Texas and Vasquez going to UCLA. And so I think these two could really push each other because it seems that they did that on, you know, the U.S. stage. And so I think you could see that happening again on the world stage as well. Yeah, great picks there. I mean, that's kind of for both of them to go 50 point at USA's when, you know, they largely were running 300s over the high school season. I, I agree with you. That was kind of epic to yeah. see um on my end i think i'm most interested to see what tyrone gorzy does uh in the 5k he's an interesting um i guess candidate because cross country for a lot of distance runners is starting right now these are the building block months mm-hmm. for for most cross country runners so to extend your season this far out sometimes can be a burden because you 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 i guess you know it takes a little bit out of you to get back into the, the mix of things by, by the fall. But, I mean, when you have an opportunity to run at Worlds, you got to take it up, and Tyron's done that. He actually qualified in both the 5K and the 10K, but he's, he's focusing on the 5K here. Um, so my my thought is if he breaks 14 minutes, that's a huge, huge accomplishment. Right now he's number 61 in the, in the world for, for U20 uh, with his 14 uh, flat time. I mean, he ran um, just over uh, 14 f- uh, minutes during the USA Championships. Uh, all time, Lex Young ran fourteen or thirteen forty three in May uh, at the Sound Running Meet. So he's a junior. Ty- Tyrone's a junior. If he goes under fourteen minutes, um, you know he could ep- enter into that company too. So I think he has a really got good opportunity there in World Championships, and that is what uh, I'm looking forward to individually. Eight hundred is, is my event to watch too. So I'm really excited to see what those girls do. All right, uh, let's shift to the AU Junior Olympics. It's, you know, the, the go-to event, uh, as we will be in Greensboro, North Carolina, starting on July 30th. Like always, it's going to be a wild week and a half, uh, 10 days of nonstop action, uh, youth track and field. Uh, and, and the first thing we want to get to is the boys' sprints. It seems more so than previous years, it's kind of a stacked event. Um, you know, there are a lot of stars that are lined up to run at AU. Ashley, do you agree? What are your thoughts on on why the sprints are, are this loaded this time? Yeah, I completely agree with you, Corey. I mean, shoot, when I was just looking through the performance list in general, I you know you keep going down the list and it's like, oh my goodness, like look at all these people here with such great seed times and you know people, the names that you recognize. I, don't, I mean, maybe because it is you know such a big summer for you know, all these different events going on. You got all these kids going after, you know, USA U-20s, World U-20s. It's just almost kind of creating this almost culture in a way, almost like, okay, maybe this is the summer to go after some fast times. But 
um, you know, looking at the performance list, a couple people that did catch my eye. I want to talk about the duo from Louisville. So you got Jalen Cole and Terrence O'Bannon in the 17, 18, 100, and 200. And I think they are both ready for, you know, some breakout moments here that I think we could see in the sprints. Cole goes in as the number one seed in the 100 and the number five seed in the 200. And then you got O'Bannon, number two in the 200 and number seven, or excuse me, number two in the 100, number seven in the 200. And I think that's quite interesting. As you can see there in the graphic, they're on the very, both of them are next to each other on the very far left there, um, both club teammates from Louisville. And I think that adds an interesting narrative to these sprint events because a lot of times, if you know you have that friendly competition going in, that can a lot of times push you to some of those more elite times. You have a friendly face, but also, you know, it's going to get those competitive juices flowing. And so um, I think that could be something to watch for at the 17-18 um, sprints here. Okay. Olivia? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with what Ashley said. Like, when we look at these top seed times in both events, the times are very, very impressive. Just looking at the 100. I know uh, Ashley just mentioned Jalen Cole, Terrace O'Bannon, but Jordan Washington and Jace Gray, we have four boys that are under 10.6 year from their seed times from the regional meet. Also on the cuff of that, we have Xavier Carmichael and Nicholas Harbor who went 1060 and 1061. Looking at the 200 meters, four boys broke 21 seconds in the 200 meters from their qualifiers. Nicholas Harbor, Alonzo Burroughs, Nigel Ancrum, Jace Gray, and also we have Jalen Cole and Marquez Stevenson were on the cup with 2101 and 2109. Now, what I can say is an athlete that I'm really looking forward to see how he responds to the competition is Nigel Ancrum. The reason being is he's coming off of a win from the Adidas Outdoor Nationals in the 100 meters from the National Elite Division, and he placed second in the 200 meters in the championship final. You guys, Adidas Outdoor Nationals was in Greensboro, North Carolina, so he's coming back to the same track from three weeks ago. So I'm excited to see how he just responds rising up to the occasion. It's an e I want to say it's an even playing field, just knowing that at Adidas Outdoor Nationals, there were different divisions here at the AU. Top eight in the country, let's get it together. Now, Jalen Cole, as Ashley mentioned before, I feel like is going to have a really great breakthrough moment here. The double Kentucky State champion has been on the cuff of breaking 21, and I feel like he can do that at AAU. So a perfect opportunity for him to do that, and he's going to have some great competition, Corey. So I think it's just set up perfectly for some very fast times here. Yeah, and, and as I said with Tyrone, you know, fundamentally distance runners tend to pack it in, get ready for cross during those July, August months. Whereas with sprinters here, and they, they like to extend their season to see what more they can bring out of it just before it's end because they, they get some time off after that. So it yeah. makes sense yeah. for sprinters to come out here at the end of July and into August and just sort of see what they can tap into the, that last race. Um, and, and I think here it's interesting, though, because there's a little bit – the star power, I think, is higher, and I agree with you. Nicholas Harbour is, is definitely one of the premier guys to watch. He's just a junior. Trevin Moyer is an Arizona State signee. Makai Gammons of, of Miami is going to be really uh, one to watch. Justin Braun in the 400, but um, nevertheless, like this is a swung song for, for Justin to finish out his high school career. Shamar Hurd, uh, Austin Gallant, um, I agree with Nigel Ancrum there. Um, I think there's sort of this, like, uh, this – 
turnover from ever since Arian Knighton ran at AAU back in uh, 2019 and 2020 when he broke out. I feel like, you know, the sprinters can look at that and, and see a realistic pathway toward maybe not Olympics, but um, a realistic pathway from AU to high level success, right? You can use this, bootstrap this up and, and, and push forward, get a college scholarship, get to that next level by running at AU. This is a very good opportunity for you to come out here and, and get yourself in front of people. That's the most important thing. I mean, championship or not, getting in front of people is really important because if you were a junior and, and you want to get that great time, and this is sort of the ideal circumstance, weather, environment, everything, this is the time to do it. Um, you're not going to get a better field than you will than in AAU against very top-notch guys. So I think it makes a lot of sense for, for sprinters uh, that we just mentioned. And, and, and even on the girls' side, we'll, we'll tap into that uh, next week, I think, for the, on the sprinting side, but there's a lot of great girls sprinters that are also here uh, but i'm lo really looking forward to seeing uh, what a you can offer this time around uh, we are going to switch over to the the girls side of things and um as we talked with akayla who was a hurdler au has some very good hurdlers uh coming into to greensboro too so let's talk about either high hurdles long hurdles whatever um let's break down maybe some of the top athletes to watch ashley i'm gonna toss it to you first yeah, definitely. So looking through the heat sheets, so one that caught my eye is looking at the 17-18 women's short hurdles, the 100-meter hurdles. I think we need to watch out for Genesis Dixon from Kirkwood, Missouri. She hasn't competed since early June, where she ran 1392 in the 100-meter hurdles of the Great Southwest Classic, but she has a, per a personal best this season of 1357, which is a U.S. number eight. She's the Missouri Class 5 state champion. I think she goes in and she's got to be one of the favorites in this uh, short hurdles event for the 1718 division. And, you know, perhaps, a, you know, a couple solid rounds in the prelims and then moving on to finals will help her warm up, get those juices flowing, um, you know, before she goes into the finals. And of note, she was fourth in 2021 at the AAU Junior Olympics in the 1516 division in this event. Olivia? Yeah, just kind of picking back on what Ashley said, Genesis Dixon, I feel like is a really great pick. However, it's not going to be an AAU without some competition. So I feel like the next girl to kind of like potentially rub shoulders against her is going to be Yvette Harris from California. Now, this is an athlete who finished eighth at the NSAF Outdoor Nationals and was seventh at the USA Track and Field U20 Championships and 100-meter hurdles. So this is a girl that has already had the experience against competing against national competition, coming down to the wire, going for that last final round, and she's made it into finals in both of those events. So here's an opportunity for her to really put down a really fast time. She clocked the 1394 earlier this season, so I can only assume that she's looking to improve on that and get up on the podium at the AAU Junior Olympic Games. So I think it's unspoken that, like, Kayla Lavender is sort of a girl to watch. I'm almost positive that she's running up. Uh, I'm almost positive that she's 14 and she's running up to 15, 16, which kudos to her that she's doing that. Uh, mm -hmm. But the the 15, 16 girls hurdles are probably even, I think, a little bit more competitive than 17, 18. I did look at this the other day and I thought I, I didn't see McCurie Harris uh, on the entry list, but I saw her today. So maybe a mistake from Corey. I don't know. 
but Makire Harris <laughs> of Scotlandville uh, is in the the 400s. Last year, she won a title against Nona Waldron in a really great race. She herself ran, I believe, Olivia, was it 57 seconds last year? 58.08, I believe. Okay. Jess was on the cuff of breaking 58. Well, I think she could do 58 or 57 if, if she puts her mind to it this year. She's going to face off against known as teammate Morgan Roundtree, who's gone 61. You got Kaylee Stargell, uh, Lavender herself. I think that 15-16 girls uh, uh, long hurdles race is going to turn out to be potentially one of the best of, of the games. Uh, and McCurie herself is, is pretty much becoming a star at this point too. Louisiana hurdle championships this year. She set a state record in 300 meter hurdles at the Texas Relays, went 40 point. Um, she's got a huge, huge future in front of her. So good to watch. All right, all new segment time. Uh, we're gonna tee it up to our newest segment, pick them. Uh, the rules are simple. We give you four options. We give you our picks, and then you decide your choice. Text on the line to 31032 for an opportunity to pick from the candidates and then have a chance to win a free mile split subscription. After the culmination of AU, Olivia, Ashley, and myself will pick an MVP. And, and you know, if you get that right, then boom, there you go. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> the four options here, uh, Nicholas Harbor of Archbishop Carroll, 17, 18-year-old, 100, 200-meter runner. Brooklyn Sandvig of Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, 17, 18-year-old girls, 100-200. C, Jonathan Sims, 15, 16-year-old, 400-meter runner and 200. And then D, Shiel Johnson of St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, 17, 18-year-old. Uh, she's going 2, 4, and 8. Olivia, who's your pick this time around and why? I am going with Shiel Johnson, the rising senior. She is your Florida State champion in the 800 meters. That is where she set a personal best of 208. As you mentioned, Corey, she's in three events, the 200, the 400, and the 800. She is the top qualifier in the in the 800 from her regional meet where she ran a 215. She's the second fastest going into the 400 meters with a 54.93. I feel like she has the potential of grabbing Potentially the 400 and the 800 wins here. That 200, it's, it's going to be a fast one for sure. But here's the thing that Shiel Johnson has in her back pocket, Corey and Ashley. She comes with experience. She won the 400, 800, and the 1500 meter triple now back in 2019. In 2018, she won the 400, 800 meter double, and she finished second in the 1500. And y'all, I went all the way back in her mile split 50, mile split 50 profile. Y'all, she has not lost an 800-meter title since 2016. Dang. So we're talking Dang. about experience. I feel like this girl is going to be on fire, ready to grab some titles, wear the hardware around her neck. So Shiel Johnson is my pick. And she's the daughter of? Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson. Right. Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson. Come on. Chad Johnson. If you didn't know already. That is yes. so right. <laughs> well, now we know. Trivia. Love it. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, I will go ahead and go ahead with my pick. So I think that 
Brooklyn here from Wisconsin is going to be the biggest breakout star of AAU because her show she's just a junior and her year this year has just been characterized by this almost kind of sudden progression. So last year was her first year competing at AAU and at the AAU Junior Olympics and she didn't even make it out of the prelims in the 100 and the 200. This year she enters the 17-18 women's division as the number four seed in the 100 and the number five seed in the 200. And she's certainly on that trend upward. She is the Wisconsin Division I state champ in the one, the two, and the four this season. And she also finished fourth in the long jump. So she's had a really successful season. She has PRs of 11.63, 23.97, and 54.59, which all come from the spring. And I actually caught up with her within an interview just the other night. Um, you know, kind of talk about what she's thinking about going to AAU, and she just seems like a gamer. She's just ready for everything. She loves the competition, and I think that plays really well into her, you know, to her advantage going into the Junior Olympics, and perhaps with last year's experience under her belt, now that she has that one Junior Olympic meet, uh, you know, out of the way, that she can kind of come into this meet this year ready and with a little bit more maturity, some more, you know, technical skill. I think that's, you know, something to look out for. We love gamers, too. I, I do know that. All right. I really, <laughs> really, really, really wanted to pick Child Johnson. I really wanted to pick her. I think she I, – I, I like that pick. I think she might be the star. But if Nicholas Harbor runs 10 flat or 20.1, I think he could break the internet. I really think he could break, break the internet. Yes. <laughs> you know, Nicholas – you know, there's this thing with – football track athletes like you know a lot of their exposure and a lot of that media you know savviness comes from the football side because a lot of football fans come in over the top and say hey wow this guy's awesome they don't know a lot about track but they just know what some of the times mean nicholas harbour is five stars six five 225 you know if he's in shape and ready to go and runs those times i think he breaks the internet uh with the football fans. And I think he becomes, you know, a kind of star that we don't stop talking about. And I, and I think it's possible because, you know, Nicholas Harper doesn't have to run AU. Like he clearly could just focus on football if he wanted to and come back to track next year, but he has chosen to do it. And he wants to run one last time out. And I think that's for a reason he's been working up toward it. I think he's really going to have a banger here at AU junior Olympics. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. So I'm going to pick him as my star I say he breaks the internet if that happens. So I'm calling it here. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, second to last segment here on uh, on the line. We are going to move to the young stars to watch. It's always incumbent on, on us three to sort of look and point out the, the future stars of tomorrow. Uh, there's quite a lot of them here at AU. Over 14,000 athletes. It's going to be a really big uh, event. So um, I'm going to go to Ashley first. Who's your young star to watch and why? So I'm going to go look at the distance events here and pick the 13-year-old distance star from Trenton, New Jersey, Paige Shepard. She has had a pretty impressive last month or so. She First off, she enters the 13-year-old division in the 800 and the 1500 as the top seed in both. But at Brooks PR, just pretty recently, she ran a 452.65 
which is a huge PR in the 1600 there because previously she had a PR of 513 in the mile. So that's a huge jump. I mean, that's over 20 wow. seconds right there. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's, that's... a huge improvement right there. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, mm -hmm. that's kind of unheard of, especially in the distance. And I mean, the mile, you don't necessarily improve by 20 seconds from one time to another. So to see that, I think she's someone to look out for. And she has a 212 PR in the 800. And so... Um, which she ran at New Balance Outdoors. And so I think that's something to look out for. Maybe she could break the uh, AAU Junior Olympic record in the 15. I think she could. I think that's at 436.79 set in 2012 by Deja Rogers. So I think maybe maybe a national record watch here. Okay, wow, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Olivia, what are your thoughts here for young athlete? My young athlete, we've talked about her since, adidas outdoor national she really caught her eyes there shakayla lavender and i know corey you just mentioned her too she is a future oscar smith freshman and as corey mentioned she is 14 years old she probably has a later birthday so she's going to be competing up with the 15 16 year olds 1360 was what she ran in the 100 meter hurdles at the adidas outdoor nationals into a negative 1.5 win that would rank her u.s number eight in the country amongst like the high schoolers. That is insane to even think about. Now, I know we're on national record watch. I just wanna throw this out there. Tia Smith, who does have that record, is the only girl who ran faster as an eighth grader with a 1345. So if the conditions are fantastic, in Shakayla Lavender, which I think she's ready to go, I think we can see something extraordinary in the 100 meter hurdles for that 15, 16 age group. And Corey, I have to agree. I think that 15, 16 age group in that short hurdles is going to be one of those races to watch. So make sure that's going to be the popcorn moment, I believe. So make sure you guys are yes. out there ready to go. You haven't popcorned popcorn it in a while, moment. Olivia. I was like waiting for popcorn. You, you haven't popcorned in a while. Um, Love it. Well, Love it. there's going to be lots of popcorn moments at the AU Junior Olympics. So, Shaquille <laughs> Lavender, I feel like it's the up and coming star, especially in the hurdles. Awesome. All right. Taking a flyer here on the boys' side, Christopher Quick of the Southern Sprinters. I believe he's from Maryland. He's top seed in the 13 year old, 451.99. This guy got to the finals last year in the 12 year old, 400. He, he finished seventh overall. So, he's made quite a bump from last year, and we'll see what he can do. He's also the 60 in the 200. Um, and just, just generally speaking, uh, whenever you have a last name, quick, if you are not in track yeah. and field, mm -hmm. there is something that someone isn't telling you. It's you like basically your, your human right to be in track and field when your last name's quick. Um, but anyway, uh, besides him and all these athletes, there's going to be a lot of young, great young potential uh, on the line. So we're definitely looking forward to it. All right. We would be remiss uh, if over the 10 days we're in Greensboro, we do not reflect on our experience and maybe give some like examples to others who are coming to Greensboro on, on what they should do, right? You know, so some basic math here, if there's 14,000 athletes that are headed to Greensboro, there's at least 24,000, I don't know, 20,000 more parents and, and sisters and brothers that are coming too. So there's over, over 30,000 people coming to Greensboro. Some of them watch this show. So... <laughs> Uh, we're going to give our picks as to what you should do in Greensboro. Uh, Olivia, I'm going to go to you first. What you, I don't, you should have some more there. I don't know what you're going to be talking about. Maybe you're saving it, but what, what's happening here? What, what are your things to do, Olivia, at Green, in Greensboro? 
Well, Corey, I've been to Greensboro twice this year, and both times I ended up in downtown Greensboro where all the shops are, where all the food is. I should have looked up the restaurant that we ate at. If you're in Austin, it gives me punch bowl social vibes. Like there's a bowling alley in there, fun place to be at. It was incredible food. The sweet sweet potato tots. Oh, yeah. Y'all, Those were so that, good. Mm-hmm. So amazing i can't remember the restaurant i should have looked that up but Bur- it was Bur- really great bourbon i love i have it on my list bourbon that's bowl. right bourbon bowl thank you yeah bourbon it was so good mm-hmm. so good. i can taste the the tater tots right now i'm a little hungry <laughs> yeah we need to go back when we when we go there next week so that's on the to-do list for sure all right we got 10 days to do it too all right <laughs> ashley what are your thoughts here well so i am the north carolina native here mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i I grew up in Raleigh, but I've been to Greensboro countless times for track meets and whatnot. And so I'd like to say I have a pretty valid opinion on the city. And (laughs) I'll I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Greensboro is, you know, a cool little city. You have to do some digging to find some things to do. But it is, I will say, there are some really cool things to check out. Like Olivia said, downtown was really cute. Lots of cool restaurants and such. There's also, I mean... The meet itself is going to be held on the campus of North Carolina A&T. There's also, you got UNC Greensboro there. So a lot of different campuses there. Shout out to UNCG. My brother will be attending there, um, you know, just in a couple of weeks here. So if you want to check out some of the college campuses, you should go do that. And if you happen, I mean, we have so, you know, thousands of people probably coming for this meet. So if you find yourself, you know, lodging a little bit closer to the, the Raleigh area, my neck of the woods where I grew up, there's a lot of cool stuff to do there as well you've got again if we're on the college campus theme you can check out duke unc beautiful campuses um but if you want any more recommendations hit me up or or <laughs> tweet, tweet it at <laughs> yes find me on twitter if you want to go for a daily morning run with me before every before the competition starts i'll be awake at like 5 a.m so if you want to go running through the streets of greensboro with me i will I'm ready for a running partner. You're creating Ashley Run Club as we speak. Okay, yep. I like it. Yep. All right. There we um, go. And I like those those recs too. And aside here before I get to my recs, I, I wrote way too much. But um, so if you're from the Northeast, you got Wawa. If you're from Texas, Southern areas, you got Bucky's. If you go to North Carolina, you got to visit Sheets. Yes. Uh, Sheets. Sheets. For, like mm-hmm. we went there at Adidas and it was – kind of incredible how much action was happening outside sheets the gas station slash convenience store at like 9 p.m at night it's popping <laughs> there's there's almost too much action <laughs> happening right so just uh just to explore it I, I would say is worth just at least one visit all right my picks here uh number one dame's chicken waffles you know back in 2019 uh when au was last year i went there with the whole crew and I just can't get it out of my head. It, uh, I need to go back and get some chicken waffles. Highly recommend it. We um, all need to go this time. Yes. We did not go last time. 10 days. We need to get some chicken and waffles. 10 days. We'll, we'll have time. Yes. All right. Uh, number two, Bourbon Bowl. I agree with you there. I thought that was awesome. Um, surprisingly good food and, and good drinks. I mean, I w- didn't actually expect it to have great food, but like it definitely hit the spot. Um, kind of like Southern Comfort like style stuff and then i was in greensboro back in 2020 for uh the caitlin little shoot with brian dival and we went to this place called cugino forno pizzeria 
It's a little outside of Greensboro, uh, but they made like these Italian style pizzas. You can see it on the screen here. Um, Neapolitan, mm. uh, really good ingredients. Little too much flop. Uh, I remember having it when I had it back in 2020, but nevertheless, really good ingredients, really good pizza. Uh, and then the honorable mention is Nazareth Bread Company, also good food there. Special consideration, Ashley starting Ashley Run Club. Um, personally, I'm going to try to go to Orange Theory in Greensboro at least three times. Three. Maybe, probably, hopefully more, but at least three because you know our days are going to be very long. So if you want to go to Orange Theory with me, Hit me up. I will also probably try to go <laughs> at 5 a.m., much like Woo! Ashley. 5 a.m. OTF. Olivia doesn't think I like – I don't know what your thoughts are on me working out, like if I work out harder, if I'm too competitive. I don't I don't know. But uh, I'm going to try to get <laughs> Olivia there too. Well, now we have a little competition. Like you're very competitive. <laughs> yeah. 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 Corey, I feel like you're very competitive. I, wanted to, I want to see Ashley out because last time – Ashley, how many miles did you put in that week? Oh, oh god, point three. I don't even know. That's a great question. It had to have been. I think I did over at 20. least like seven miles a day. At least yeah, it was definitely over twenty. Yeah. yeah wow. For the yeah. So for that weekend, you're looking for a very long run. I was gonna say yeah. while we're there over the ten. Well, <laughs> gotta keep. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the fifty plus mile a week train right now. You gotta keep it going. We don't rest <laughs> with the AAU Junior Olympics. So you can either do. Run Club with Ashley or Orange Theory with Corey. Mm. That's the real choice. I feel like you're going to pick the Run Club. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, really quick one. National record watch. How many national records are we going to leave with here at AU? If we can get, be pretty short with this. Um, I'll start with you, Olivia. Well, I love how Ashley really broke this down. I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm feeling 35. I feel like that number is just really sticking out to me. I, I just feel like we're on this train, especially just looking at this year. So many records were broken. It was crazy. So I'm, I don't know. My gut is just saying 35, but Ashley really breaks it down. So Ashley, why don't you kick it off for breaking how you came up with your number, but 35 yes. is my pick. I took a deep dive into the record books for the AAU Junior Olympics. And so <laughs> looking at the stats, the numbers, so 33 records were broken last year, and then there were 24 records broken the last time the meet was held in Greensboro, which was in 2019. So I'd at least like to say it would be great to see more than 24 um, you know, set a new record there for North Carolina A&T in Greensboro. And hopefully we'll see more than 33, which was set last year. Maybe we'll get into the 40s for the first time 40s. since the 2016 Dang. Junior Olympics in Houston. So that may be on the watch. Yeah, there's the according to AU, this is the most, um, the biggest field we've ever had at AU history. So by numbers, I mean, you should expect a little bit more. But last time in Greensboro, that's kind of crazy that there was only 24 yeah. I, I mean that's low mm -hmm. uh i'm gonna go with 30 that's my pick i'm just gonna get slightly at, into 30 but maybe not over 33 from from houston last year so, so actually you're saying 40 Is uh, that what i you're don't saying, know about four. i'll 40? say i'll say 38 how about that 38, 38. i like okay. that number 38 so we 38. got 38 35 and 30, and 30. so we're above yeah. 30 yeah. For all of us, okay. All right, I'll, I'll buy drinks. Whoever's closest to the number buys drinks the last night out. Deal. It's fair. It's fair. I'm down uh, for that. All right. <laughs> uh, my, my, that's called hashtag mile split after dark. Okay. Um, all right, we're almost done. Just uh, wanted to do a little quick little thing here. What are we watching on TV? You already know, Corey. Bachelorette is back. So <laughs> that's what I'm watching. 
Gosh, I can't watch that. It's just too much for me. No. Mm -mm. I've been watching. Entertainment. <laughs> I don't know about that. I've been slowly trying to finish up the last bit of Stranger Things, like slowly but surely. But okay. the last, I mean, those episodes are like each like a movie. I mean, lengthwise. <laughs> and I sometimes I don't have like the patience to sit there and watch that. Yeah, so I, I agree with you there. Yeah. It's a little too much. All right. The drum roll, please. The, the new genre of show on HBO, <laughs> it's called The Rehearsal. By Nathan Fielder, it, I'm going to categorize it as a suspense comedy. They don't have suspense comedies anywhere, but this is hmm. a suspense comedy. Suspense comedy. comedy? Yes. We're making up this genre. Yes. What? So, so the premise <laughs> is Nathan Fielder is a comedian, and he had the show called Nathan for You, where he goes into real businesses and he gives them in, inane ideas to improve their business, and then they employ them, and then they get customers. But it's all wacky and stuff. Uh, in the rehearsal, he goes to people who have, you know, questions in their life, you know, that they want answered. And and in order for them to accomplish that, he he tells them that they can rehearse it. He'll he'll build things. He'll build whole entire sets around them having an opportunity to rehearse that moment before it actually happens. And then once they've rehearsed it enough, they actually go into that event and they they see what it what it's like and if it meets the the rehearsal and the reality at once it's it's the first episode came out on sunday on hbo and it is absolutely like insane so good like highly recommend it um it definitely has your heart pounding a little bit and uh it's interesting it's like human human exercise on 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 how we interact with people and how we i don't know it's just sociology at its finest so so our multiple fans can watch this on hbo is that where H we go yeah hbo max yeah Okay. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that has been on the line. Thank you all for watching. We have another show on AU Journal Olympics next week. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you soon.